Shall I describe it to you? Would you like to... Dang it. I messed up. Shall I describe it to you? Would you like me to find you a box? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Is that the only joke he tells? Like... I, I was watching, I was like, Legolas told a joke. Like, do elves often tell jokes? I... Is that is that Gimli's influence on him? Ooh, I think that's a good question. Uh, I don't, I, I might not be able to keep that laugh in because it might have peaked my mic. But um, that, that I actually wrote that in my notes, how amazing that laugh is that Gimli gives. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, yeah, John Reese Davies laugh. Is incredible. So good. <laughs> like, also, it's like it's... half manic because they're like about to fight. And so he's, his blood is just pumping. It's so great. <laughs> to totally. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know elves to be jokers. So it, I think you're right. I think it's like their, their, their throuple language now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, Alex and I just finished Riverdale. Have you watched? You have not watched it. Never. You I, I, like should never say never because I would have never thought I would watch it. Yeah, the it doesn't like open. Doesn't start off. It isn't supposed to be like an Archie comic thing, and then it, it ends is. with like portals opening and stuff. Oh yeah, like that. that and that's just it. Is like it knows that it is insanity. What it does is insanity. Yet you're totally along for the ride, but. Basically, a quad relationship shows up in the show, and it's like, yep, that that makes sense. So anyway, now all that is it's stuck in my head. Welcome to Podcast of the Rings. I'm Jessica Lynn Verde, uh, and we're talking to the other host, Ben G Goddard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's happening in my brain, dude. Uh, first time caller, long time <laughs> listener. <laughs> the other guy. No, I, I, I watched this, I rewatched this final part yesterday, and I don't want to say the middle drags a little bit, but the middle definitely felt long. Uh, this, this last part with the battle just, it just goes, man. It cooks, but yeah, because you and I did almost two hours talking about the middle part, and we even stopped midway through the middle part, like where the Galadriel and Elrond have a mind meld. Um, really quickly, I wanted to mention too, last night I had a dream that Rings of Power season two was happening and we were in the middle of it, but we oh. yeah, but we weren't covering it. <laughs> like I was like, oh God, what are we doing? Because like this part of our series is taking so long we couldn't even get through <laughs> to Rings of yeah, Power. Yeah, it's totally fair, it. honestly. Um, but yeah, this last part cooks. It's so good. It's what makes this movie just perfect. Um, and and there's so many delightful parts. Not delightful, but like just edge of your seat. Intriguing. Oh yeah, with how they do this battle. Because I remember, you know, I just reread Two Towers, and because I remember someone telling me because I saw this for Christmas Eve. Uh, so the movie was out for like a week or so before I saw it. That's right, because that's your tradition. Was a Christmas yeah. Eve movie, and someone so was like, sweet. "Oh, it, it the bat the movie ends with uh with the Battle of Helm's Deep." I was like, "What? It ends with Helm's Deep? That doesn't sound right. Like that's not how it is in the right, book, right?" 
but just how they build up to this is so good. And it does kind of prove that, I don't want to say Tolkien can't write action, but that's definitely not his strong suit. Or maybe he just doesn't want to. Like, I, don't I don't think, think he that's wants what he to. cares about. I, I think that's not what the story is about. Yeah, but like you him. never feel, in my opinion at least, I didn't feel the peril of them possibly about to lose in the book. Like things happen, like they attack and like the, the orcs like cry out to them like, oh, come down with your king and let us, like they like sing and it's ridiculous. It's so Shakespearean um, and it's great. Uh, but like I didn't feel the peril I felt like I, you feel it with Pelennor Fields in the book and in the movie, but sure. with Helm's Deep, this felt kind of in the same way that I said that the wargs didn't give me as big of a threat as the movie did. It's kind of right. the same where I was like, oh, that was that was tough. But you know, elves don't show up in in the book. The men just do it themselves, even though they're understaffed and you know, uh, working on Black Friday in the mall or something. One hundred percent. That's exactly right. Yeah, like they're working the Mother's Day brunch and uh, they're short-staffed. <laughs> One of my uh, nightmare shifts was the day was New Year's Day and they understaffed us just two people. Oh my god! And, and it was at seven in the morning. Slammed. Uh, I, I had. Quit. The, I should have. Although I walked out with four hundred dollars at a place you don't walk out with four hundred dollars. Do you know what I mean? Uh, like it was yeah. like one of those places where one hundred and fifty is a good day. Uh, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Jeez. Insane. But. So, yeah, I think – so I'm trying to think, like, what – why does Tolkien not write those? I just don't think it's it's important for him. I, I, I well, just but think... isn't the whole hope and despair theme – you still get that, but you're not getting it on the battlefield. You're probably getting it in the lead up to these things. Yeah, all the things and like that... I said, like – like about Theoden is that Theoden was go from moment one yeah. that he was under Sormen's spell in the book. So I feel like that really factored into it is that in the book, uh, Aragorn fights and then he goes back to Theoden like in the in the, the Helm's Deep throne room. And Theoden, it, it, like, it's like that Michael Jordan thing where like he's like in the locker room just like waiting. Like, you know, he's got the he's got the baseball bat and the cigar, you know, that that famous photo where he's just like waiting. And that that's who Theoden was in the book, waiting for his turn to fight in Helm's Deep. Like he knew mm -hmm. that he couldn't go out into the front lines because he's king, but he was just like antsy to get out there and do that charge. And he did. And they won. But so maybe that's a big reason why I didn't feel the, the tension that I feel in the movie. Uh, cause like in the movie, like they do a great job because Peter Jackson also realized like they would have never won this fight. Like yeah. with how yeah. understaffed, uh, like how uh, outgunned they were. Like, so There's I do There's no way like... they would have fended no. off that many Urukai. Yeah. The I wall mean... is too big. Are the explosions in the book too? I don't remember. It's some kind of flash of fire. I, I, I see. I, I do remember that because um, I remember even when um, like Merry and Pippin and Treebeard get really close to seeing Isengard emptied. Like it, they're like it's like passing right in front of them rather than you know off into the distance. Right. Um, and they see like these big flashes of fire that they don't recognize, and I do want to talk about that when when it happens because that oh, I can't imagine how crazy that would be. That's oh, it's such a good it's such a good moment. There's moment there's things to make fun of in that sequence, but 
overall, it's fascinating. Because yeah. you're totally right. You've never seen this before in your life. Um, but yeah, I think let's get into it. This is the episode where it's time for Helm's Deep. We're, where we left off was, um, like I said, Elrond and Gladriel mind melding from across the land. And they decide, they, you know, they're talking to themselves like, do we let the elves, you know, do we let the humans stand alone? Yeah. Um, and Frodo and Sam are now with Faramir. We did, we did see that encounter. Yes. Um, and Frodo just fully gives his full name to, to Faramir and has no idea who Faramir is. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's when, a little like, weird. Leave the, name, leave the name Baggins behind you. Like, uh, that's day one stuff, Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't know. Men are the most corruptible. You have no idea what's going on here. I don't think he's even clocked that these are Gondorians. The last time you interacted, or second to last time you interacted with a man, he tried to kill you and take the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone who kind of looked like this. Yeah, exactly. Too. You remind me of this guy, but anyway, you know what, here's I'm my Frodo Baggins. <laughs> here's my social security. He's must be just so tired he doesn't understand. It's what's very true. Going on, um, and then we learn that he's Faramir. We learn that um, Boromir is presumed dead, and that I always get confused. And Alex and I debated this when we were reading the two towers. Boromir's body does not float past Faramir. He dreams it. And then later that week, the cloven horn, like, washes ashore. Mm, I disagree. I think he sees oh. his body. Oh. I think it's one of those middle After falling earth. off it's a, of okay, the Okay, you can accept talking fall. trees and flying fell beasts and... All the magical, mythical things that happen in... Gravity, bro. I Literal gravity. That. It's magic, bro. He... No, but I think the... I think, yes, the essence, the spirit of Boromir is sailing past Gondor one more time. I think he literally does see that, but it's not the physical body of Boromir. I think it is. Oh, okay. I would... I, you know what? Cool. Very cool. <laughs> Why do you think that? I think that would happen. I think that wow, like the the wills that would be would keep his body on the canoe sure, sure. intact. Well, you know what? Here's one ding in your corner, like one point in your corner. It's an elven boat. Exactly. We don't know. If that elven boat keeps all things because, like in the in the 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 sequence, the boat's like filled with water. Like it's not like he's not like in this pristine condition or something like that. Is uh, it right? Yeah, the boat's filled with water. Mm. Like his whole head is like like he's almost like the boat is almost submerged. Like it's definitely gone over a waterfall. You can tell. Huh. Okay. We'll see. You may have changed my opinion a little I mean, bit on this. If you think it's a dream sequence, it's filmed like a dream sequence. I will totally admit it's, that. It's also written as one too. It is like, okay. I, it's written as um, I I believed I have seen I saw my brother. I uh, uh, he does say I wasn't. I'm not sure if it was dream or a real thing. Like gotcha. from what I can remember, and that's how it's filmed for sure. Right. So like, uh, but I truly. I think it's more realistic that 
like I or maybe it's the same amount of chance that you see an intact boat with a body in it rather than you finding a 12 inch cloven horn both sides of it washed up on the riverbank <laughs> <laughs> sure i will say what it does is lend to the fact and i don't know if it's ever explained why necessarily but farmir and boromir both have visions both have like this extra you know sixth sense thing and Farmer's just tapped into it and he's tapped into his brother, you know. Yeah. I think that's sort of what it's meant to lend itself to. That's how I that's how I choose to read into it. But I think I think either way there's some magic because what other magic brings Boromir to Rivendell at the exact time they're having the Council of Elrond. Yeah, like, especially when he loses like in, I know he rides uh, into Rivendell in the movie, but like he loses his horse and has to hoof it on foot. And he's like, you know what though? I have to get to Rivendell. I have to get there to tell him about my dream. And at the <laughs> perfect time too. So they're definitely in touch magical humans for sure. Yes, like, for Alongside sure. Denethor, even though he's using the Palantir. Um, anyway, so I think that's, I, I'm open to keeping that little bit of magic alive for that. Um, and I genuinely think Frodo's sad to learn that Boromir's dead. Because I think he knew... I think Frodo understood that Boromir succumbed to... to yeah, the, the, last, the, the last conversation but... where he's like, do not carry the weight of the dead. Like, I feel like that's the Boromir that Frodo remembers. Right. Or wants to. Yeah. Because he even says, like, the ring has taken Boromir. He, he knows that that's not him. And Sam, at this point, is trying to tell Frodo that the ring is taking him, you know, like, yeah. he's definitely, and, and there's some denial in that. And here comes your favorite scene, Ben. The Oscillius. Oh, yes. I do want to say, like, he's like, oh, who's this? Your bodyguard? He's like, his gardener. Like, I love the way Sean Austin <laughs> delivers that line. His gardener. <laughs> his gardener. Yeah. They, well, this last part of the movie, they really give Sam, like, banger after banger like they he, make like the way that ian mckellen was nominated for best supporting i like the fact that sean austin wasn't nominated for best supporting in this movie or return of the king is like you're gonna i don't know if it, it felt like this movie was like oh the movie's great but the people are just the people in it the actors are just like no dude like andy circus deserves something sean austin deserves some like I wonder if there's like a lifetime achievement award coming their way. There has like, to be. For at least for Andy Serkis, with the way he changed the industry with mocap, like absolutely. Like now every actor, if you want to get cast in something, you gotta go take a mocap class. Like it mm -hmm. is it is necessary learning. Um yeah, you're totally right about that. And even Alex, Alex watch, uh, walked in for the last half of me watching the film, and he's like, this is 20 years old. And you know, in 40 years, I don't think it will feel like it's 60 years old. You know, it's something so special about this movie. Yeah. The way um, so much of this holds up so well. Yeah. Like, yeah, there, there are things you can point to, and like, of course there are. It's like you said, it's 20 years old. But the fact that any of it holds up, like, it's the same way Jurassic Park still holds up. Like, yeah, you can go frame by frame and be like, oh, this this foot of the T-Rex looks a little bit off. Like, yeah, dude, this was made in 1992. <laughs> like, and what you they accomplished, like, you can forgive a couple of those things in yeah. general. So, the, basically, we're getting introduced to Denethor now, and we're getting just a little bit of a glimpse of Boromir and 
Faramir's relationship. And it is beautiful. And this is something that I can appreciate thanks to you, Ben, because you've you've been so you've been your the way it touches you moves me as well. This scene. it's like I said, you wanna I, I realize some people don't want to watch four hour movies. There's a lot of stuff that is definitely as much as I love it, it's definitely extra stuff. Sure, sure. This is not extra. I when I the first time I saw this, I was like I know this was Harvey Weinstein. Like I know this was that you jackass. So? Like being like, Oh, we don't we don't need this. We don't we'll, no, cut this out. That we need this movie to be two and a half hours long. People people lose interest. They didn't want to pay Sean Bean fr- again either, probably. Oh, most likely, for sure. Um and just this this is the easiest, simplest way in any movie to like in five minute scene it to, to explain why these two are exactly who they are. Yeah. Why Boromir acted the way he did. And it's so funny, like they say the chance for uh, Faramir, Captain Agondor, to show his quality, that's in the, the regular movie, but it has no meaning because the Denethor scene isn't there. Yes. So, like, they, he says it with the same kind of, like, you know... Intensity. Yeah, yeah, intensity, but, like, it doesn't mean anything because we haven't seen the original point. And so, like, take away everything, but leave this scene for me because this is... So perfect. And you can see like, you know, how we talked about how they kind of relied on each other and kind of like they they tolerated their dad. But the way Boromir immediately sticks up for Faramir, the way even he's like, oh, my gosh, can he just give us a moment? Uh, Right. A single moment to enjoy like this victory that we did that he's going to take credit for that he's just going to ruin with not only him taking credit for it, but then. Like, for some reason, blaming Faramir when he's outnumbered and outmatched before Boromir's reinforcements arrived. And it's like, Faramir's a very skilled fighter. It's okay. Like, and the the way they portray them, too, with like Sean Bean and like the big armor and everything, like, he looks so much bigger than Faramir. Yeah. You, You see, like, like he was in like you know his travel garb uh with the fellowship but you see him in the full regalia armor with the gondor flag you know given the speech like you're like oh this is this is who was sent to rivendell to represent the world of men holy crap right right god yeah it's i, I everything agree about with it so good. Because one of my major takeaways, like there's like some major snapshots I have of the film in general, right? Like we talked about this. They nerf Gandalf. They make a joke out of Gimli. They do Faramir so dirty. So dirty. And to cut out this scene that at least gives him motivation to drag Frodo's ass to Osgiliath is is at least doing him a little bit of favors. Because if you cut this scene out, which you do in the theatrical cut, you Faramir is just a jerk. He's just an idiot. Like, he's just making the quote-unquote same mistakes that Boromir did, and you're like, wait, is every dude not named Aragorn like this? Right. And then he, like, lets Frodo go after, like, what, listening to, you know, like, there's just... Yeah, like- it's like Sam's speech is is what, like, turns the tide, not, like, his own conscious realizing what he's done. Right. When in reality, God, the book Faramir is just 
honestly better than Aragorn in some ways. Maybe for not sure. as skilled a fighter, right? Maybe not as skilled a leader, quote unquote. But, but for at, a non-Numenorian, like it's like a it's like a cheat code. Level? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Numenorians just got like you don't end up to be 86 on the battlefield like Aragorn if you're not Numenorian. Farmir has an intense um, inner life and knowledge that he genuinely is like, oh yeah, I see, I understand. He like puts it, to, he puts together that it's the ring. Like in the book, they all know that the ring is something. No yeah. one knows about a ring. The ring fell into deep lore. No one knows about it. Farmer goes, I always felt felt like it was going to be something small and like a something wearable and then puts yeah. it together. It's a ring. Anyway, they, they do him so dirty to make him like literally have no spine and, and cutting out this scene, not only like robs us of like a beautiful brother moment and just getting to see Boromir shine, but they totally destroy any motivation Faramir has to do a really weird thing and, and capture Frodo. And it's also nice to see that like, cause we see, you know, uh, Rohan, like just in disheveled times, like, you know, just in the absolute worst. And then when we finally ride to Gondor, it's kind of the same. Like, they're like, what? how have the world of men, like, ever prospered? Like, you just, you don't see it. And so it's nice to see, like, even if it's a flashback, like, oh, like, yeah, they they were thriving. They were doing okay. Totally. You know, they were fighting back before. Because, like, in the same way that I'm disappointed with, like, Theoden with just, like, how beaten down he is right. in, in this movie is the same way, like, Denethor is. Like, it's kind of the same where just, like, we have two of the same character in Boromir and Faramir do this exact same thing. And then we have kind of Denethor and Theoden kind of do the exact same thing as well in the theatrical cut. And it's just like, oh, man, like y- you you want the world of men to take over. But, but really, why? you just want one guy like it's just <laughs> Aragorn. Like you just want him to be in power because everybody else sucks. Like, yeah, that, that's, that's how you kind of make it out in these movies. And it's. It's really unfortunate. Uh, like, if they would have just kept this one scene in, it would have done so much work. Five minutes. I've never, like, it's it's tough to do as much work in five minutes as this does in a movie. And it does so much. It explains every action Faramir takes. explains all the pressure that Boromir felt for his people, for his kingdom, from his own father. Like, everything the and the ring can sense that and immediately preyed upon it and that's why he fell victim to it and it's just like why did you cut this like uh, every time i watch it it get i get more and more angry that it's not in the theatrical cut and like a lot of people have not seen this i genuinely appreciate it so much more because of your take and that's it, it you couldn't be more correct uh we get to let's see um Gollum being found by Faramir and, you know, Frodo trying to save him, trust your master. And and granted, like this does kind of play out similarly in the book. Frodo doesn't know that they're going to like take him and kick his butt. You know, basically. they beat the crap out I'm of him. That's also an extended version. Oh, my God. <laughs> they beat the they they throw him out of the bar and the bouncers are a little too excited to. Test their MMA skills on him real quick. I wrote oh my god, dude! Because it's like it's like cops beating him down. Yeah, like, for literally no reason. No reason. Like, like uh, even, jumping in the forbidden pool, I guess. Well, yeah, but like Frodo's already said he's one of my own. He's like got a mind of a child in so many ways. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. And also, Gollum's being sweet. It is 
the way Farmir manhandles Gollum in this is is absolutely dirty. It's really, it's really, Farmir sucks. I'm telling yeah. you right now. This scene is not great. It's, it's tough to watch, especially like when he is like singing and slapping the fish. And then like, even when he's approaching Frodo, he's got like a big smile on his face with the fish in his mouth. It's just like, it like as much of a not fan of Gollum I am. And especially with how you keep making excuses for him. This scene is really tough to watch where I'm just it's, like, He's, and and just, this is Smeagol. It's not even Gollum. You yeah, know what I mean? Smeagol. And then you, it's so well done when he's crying in the corner and Smeagol. It's like, oh no. Like, and that's the moment you, you lose him. And Gollum, being like a protective, sadistic older brother, just comes in, takes over for him. Oh my goodness. He's, he's got dissociative identity disorder. Absolutely. 100. And, and Gollum's the protector. Oh man! Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy to watch, and it's one of those things. It's I don't know. It's not quite you know Anakin and Obi Wan, where you know I watch that scene. I'm like, oh, Anakin's gonna. Oh wait, no, I know who Darth Vader is. Never mind. What am I talking about? Uh, But it's close. Where it's just like, oh, you know, Gollum probably couldn't have been saved, but but he reverted, sealed it. It reverted him. Yeah. It, you're totally This made right. sure. Yeah. And it's not, he's too adolescent or he's too far gone to understand the nuance of the situation. Although you do hear at, at the end of the film where, you know, Smeagol and Gollum are fighting again. And even Smeagol says it was business. Like he, Smeagol understood it was business, but the trauma was still there. And that's, it's like, it's, there is like one, and we'll get to it at the end. Uh, another Faramir scene when they're about to leave. And I guess we could talk about it, but just like it, like the timeline of when Gollum decided to like talk to, to Shelob and when he decided that they were going to, you know, get eaten and him take the ring. Like, yeah. I'm not sure. Cause like, that's one scene where Faramir tells them about Kirith Ongol. He's like, there is something up there. You should not go there. And I feel right. like that, that scene doesn't work. Cause like they should not know anything about it. Um, but it's like him saying that, and then right after that, Gollum is having the argument with Smeagol about whether to kill them, and then he's like, oh, we could take them to her. And he's like, wait, you're just now deciding this? Or, like, you knew about it? Like, did you, did he, did does you he have a he path? Pass? Yeah, does he have a path up there? And he might. It's very possible. Gollum's a sneaky sneak. Um, but it's just like that whole timeline doesn't match up where I'm like, okay, when did you decide to kill them if it wasn't the forbidden pool incident or when you told them about the stairs initially like at the black gate like i, uh, I wrote that down too and that was kind of again i don't know how much this lines up at all with the book because because Gollum knows she there Gollum has a deal with she to bring things back to she in order yeah. to save Gollum's life so did Gollum think he could tell Shelob, like, not these guys, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I think I, that's you know, right. I, I think it's, like, confusing a little bit. Like, all, Yeah. Because we see him make the conscious decision. Okay, no, they're dead now, you know? But yeah, like, it, but it it's one thing to be like, oh, like, I could sneak them past her or something. But, like, he has, like, this come to Jesus moment almost where he's like, I could bring them to her. Well, right. like, you were already doing that. 
Right. Or at least bringing them to the stairs where she inevitably is. Right. So I don't know. That that always I, I I don't know. It just like stuck out more to me this time, especially with that Faramir telling them about Kirith Ungle scene where I'm like, I, any more Faramir I'm gonna like. Um but it's just like uh, especially but also, him warning Fa- them about Faramir her. like also gives like doesn't let lets the door hit Gollum on the way out too. He's like rough manhandling him so bad in that final scene. I kind of well, I'm okay with that <laughs> just because like he's already bad. And when he's like got him in the chokehold, and then he's like, "What do you know?" He's like, "Nothing." And then he chokes him a little. Yeah. He's like, "Okay, okay, okay." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as they're walking away, he's like, "If one, if you harm one hair on their little hobbit heads, like it is, yeah, it is sweet." But he's just so mean to Go- Gollum. He is it's, very. It's mean really to hard to watch. It's hard to watch. I, I. I have to – so first of all, we've talked about how great Elijah Wood is in this role and how underappreciated he is. But I really – what Elijah Wood can do with his eyes has to be what earns him the role because, like, only – his eyes are also just, like, piercing and amazing. A friend of mine went on a date with Elijah Wood um, – and all she could talk about was like his eyes. His eyes are just something else. And this is a woman who's not very um, overly like swoony about people, but like something about his eyes are just, you know, captivating. Yeah, and the for way, sure. The way he like bends one eye back while the ring is taking him, it's 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 like acting two hundred one, man. I feel like it. Like this is like one of those things where like I think his eyes were the reason. Like he. Elijah Wood has had a very successful post Lord of the Rings career. Yes. But he did not become Orlando Bloom or Viggo Mortensen because I think of his eyes. Because, like, they're just so piercing and insane and, like, vulnerable. And I'm sure, like, he went in for a screen test and everyone's like, oh my, oh my God, Elijah, <laughs> chill out. Like, don't look at my soul, bro. <laughs> <laughs> It's and I feel like that's why he did that, that crazy Sin City role is because like he's like, I need to shed this innocent, doe-eyed look, so I'm going to be this cannibalistic, creepy guy in oh. Sin City, which completely worked. Right. Like, Daniel Radcliffe had to do the same thing, Yeah, too. We, we talked about this for sh- before, for sure, where it's just like both of them like needed to shed this iconic character, right. which a lot of people can't do. Like, you know, Mark Hamill, amazing career. He's always Luke Skywalker. Like he, he's not here before. But that's why he had to be behind the. Camera. Yeah, he had to be the Joker. He, yeah, yeah. Well, he. But that's also his voice. There's still people that don't know he was the Joker. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Exactly. Like, you couldn't watch him do something else. I mean, even Carrie Fisher didn't quite have a career after. Yeah, there's there's a couple things that that happens to where you just so iconically this role. Yeah. That. Like, you can drop Han Solo into anything. You can't drop Luke Skywalker into anything. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's something about his eyes, man. Something. All right. So, once again, uh, Brego, you know, we see Brego taking Aragorn back to probably, I think he was probably going to go to um, Edoras. And then he sees the armies. And then realizes they're probably at Helm's Deep. No, no, no. He wasn't have gone. He wouldn't have gone to Edoras. He would have gone to Helm's Deep because they, right? I guess. I, I think Brego's just kind of cruising, man. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say Brego's taking the worst routes <laughs> again, yeah. like on the top of the hill. Chris, like he's just he's just vibing. <laughs> he's got the radio on, dude. He's just going. 
they see the armies. Brago takes them the hardest route to get to Helm's Deep. They get to Helm's Deep. I swear to God, if I was Eowyn and I saw uh, Aragorn, I'd faint. I'd probably faint. I'd probably Also, Aragorn, this horse has seen enough of war. Let him free until I get on him. Then I'm bringing him right back into the hell. <laughs> I'm going to run through orcs with him. JK, Brago, let's go. <laughs> Although I have to imagine Brago has, uh, has what's the word, um, agency. Like, I think Brago knows I'm saving daddy. And yeah, for I'm sure. I'm going to take him back and I, I want to fight with him, you know. But but you're totally right. Poor Brago. Brago's, Brago's the victim in all of this. Absolutely. We get Aragorn coming back home. Uh, is he live? I'm going to kill him. Another great Gimli comet comedic relief moment. Legolas just being so happy. Eowyn being oh, so baby, sad. Oh, this is his first joke when he's like, you look terrible. Oh, that is a joke. That is, it a, is joke. a joke. I mean, it, Legolas is coming to, to life though. right before our eyes. And we <laughs> yeah. just like, we don't take it. We don't, we take it for granted. I've got a scene I can't even wait to talk about this because it's so crazy that you're going to have to, after we're done here, go back and rewatch it just to see the moment I'm talking about. I'm so excited. It changed <laughs> my whole rewatch. So we get the, you know, basically the Evan star is given back to him. Eowyn's just not getting the hint. And um, the door opening scene of Aragorn walking in to talk to Theoden. It's amazing. And give Iconic. Me, it's amazing. And they just, you know, they don't waste time. They don't go, oh, you're alive. There's like how many men, you know, or how many orcs? And then it's it's go time, basically. We are yes. getting ready for battle. And poor Gimli, who's been the comedic relief this entire time, is so dismissed by Theoden when they're on, you know, the ledge where the door is. Yeah. Like, These are no mindless orcs. And Theoden's like, I don't care, man. It's, like, so rude. Gimli's, so dismissive. It's so dismissive. And Gimli's, like, seen it, man. And I will say, though, I forgot, because it's been, like, a year again since I've watched all these movies. Theoden is scared. Theoden is he, so like, scared. He do, it is a thing where you think he's being ignorant, but, like, he has to put a show on for his men. What he else can't act, would he do? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, what, what would you have me do? And he's not wrong. No. We like Rohan doesn't have a relationship with Rivendell or Lothlorien, and who's Gondor gonna send? They don't have men to send, even if they did send riders to Gondor. And if they did, they wouldn't get here in time. What are they gonna get here in a week? Gandalf and Pippin took what was it four days on Shadowfax to get to Gondor? Right. Riding full speed. There's no. no time. There's no time. They've already. They also the 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 men of the Rohirrim. The Rohan, uh, you know, the the riders of the Rohirrim, they're nowhere to be found. Gandalf is gone. This is not yeah. good. It's, it's not good. It's not a good situation. Um, I think also Theoden's realizing this was a mistake coming here, you know, in this moment. Because, like, that was the whole issue is fight at Edoras. Don't fight here. Although, yeah. you know, because basically he's given, he's given Saruman the opportunity to wipe out the entirety of of the Rohan people basically yeah. it's it's all over and i think it makes sense why he's like no we're going to be fine this is going to be great and then uh just these let's see we get the end mood in between this 
Yes. We also get the iconic where was Gondor when the Westfold fell. The Westfold fell. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, And then we get, so the Entmood happens, which nothing really of note unless you have anything to talk about with regards. It's like, oh. It, it's a good scene to sh- go show how slow this is going to go. Where he's like, "Oh, we've decided you are not orcs." Right. They're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> o- okay. It is very fun, actually. That's a very funny. It, line. It's a great thing where it's just like you know, it takes a long time to say, and it's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's so so delightful. Um, then we get Eowyn coming up to Aragorn, pissed. She's pissed. Because she's being relegated to taking care of the sick and the women and children. And Aragorn's right. It is a it is a noble charge. And 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 she says something that's like so sad for her, but at the same time, such a beautiful sentiment that he doesn't command Gimli and Legolas to stay, but they stay because of their love for him. Um and she would do the same, but you know, that's where it's sad. It's like, oh, God. She could also just love him and not be romantically loved. She could just be literally, like, in awe of him. And Yeah, and yeah, I'm sure that's real easy. Jess, shut up. I'm just you, saying, no, no, I'm up. just saying she could. No, no, if you are a single woman in Middle Earth and you saw Aragorn, you would not be like, oh, let's just be platonic friends. Shut no, up. I'm just saying both <laughs> things can be true. I'm not saying that that's what her motivation is. No, they can't. They cannot be true when it comes to Aragorn. They cannot be true. I told you to shut up. <laughs> I've never told you to shut up before, but I, that is the most ridiculous thing. Out of every ridiculous thing you've ever said, it's telling a beautiful single woman that is like, and you see this kingly half god of a man Who come in. Who just came back from life. Just came yeah. back from the dead. And you're like... You know, she could just be friends with him. Like, I don't know what her problem is. Like, she could well, just no, be just cool <laughs> about it. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, like, she could just be... Uh, you're totally right. I'm totally... T- <laughs> <laughs> you're just digging yourself deeper. <laughs> I will... But I, but I think the overall sentiment is beautiful that Gimli and Legolas have no... have no guns in this battle. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah. you know what? Whatever you want, Aragorn. Um... Jesus Christ Alright we get all the people Getting pushed back into the glittering caves And I don't think I realized this And again because of this podcast And reading the books And you know talking about it Ad nauseum with Alex And all that I didn't realize that like they did Show the vastness of the caves. They just didn't have the opportunity to like get into how beautiful the caves were. Exactly. Like they, they. There's that one shot that Aowen like right before she like ties her hair and starts getting to work. Mm-hmm. Um, that like there it goes far back for sure. It goes it's not far like back. The, the the camera pulls back at first. You see literal glitter in the cave or you know on one of the rocks. So he is trying to pay homage to it. We just don't have the time to do it. And also it kind of makes sense too cuz how much Gimli loves the glittering caves or is like taken aback by it, he's not here. So he doesn't yeah. have the opportunity to go what the heck. But where they are is like genuinely beautiful. Um and and I think this is I think this is it a good time to take a break? Maybe not yet. I was going to ha- I have a good uh, segue for us. Ooh, but I'm excited. I, yeah, we'll see. I think, but I was going to do it now, so maybe not. Um, then we get Legolas's despair. This, this scene is very sad. 
where Legolas is trying to talk to Aragorn and say they literally are going to die. How do you think Legolas feels right now? Because... I think he's scared. I don't think he is. Okay. I don't think Legolas is scared. I think... I don't know. I think there's one scene, you know, where like an elf gets thrown off the wall and you hear the Wilhelm scream. The Wilhelm scream. I wrote that down, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Where well, it's no, like, it's a joke. It's an in-joke with all these. For sure. Uh, but it's just like... I don't think Legolas is scared. I think he's accepted it. I, I, I don't know if elves do get scared. I don't know. Well, I, I, so I equate elves to Vulcans. And I don't know how much you know about Star Trek and the Vulcans. They are the most logical, emotionless. Yeah, may the force be with you. I, I yes, yeah, you got it. Yeah, as yeah. he holds up uh, the Live Long and Prosper <laughs> LLAP. Okay, Um the the short version of a Vulcan is they're not emotionless. They have just learned how to control their emotions. They realize that okay. their emotions don't serve them in situations, which in reality, you do want to be a Spock. You want to be one that can access your emotions, but not let them control you, right? So I feel like um, elves being the superior beings that they are, they understand the gamut of emotions. They just aren't ruled by them because they also have a larger... Um, source sample to go, oh, well, I'm not going to feel stressed about this moment because I've lived through enough to go, this will pass. This this too will pass. Yeah. So, so I don't... Let's take into consideration if we go by book Legolas, which at this point, that's what he's been written as pretty much. He's not experienced any major battles like this yet. And I don't know if... He, I think you're right that he's not scared, but I think he is really sad and believes that these people have no hope that's the thing is that i don't think he's afraid i think he's just accepted the situation that he's in like that he, he, we're he, all gonna die yeah he might not die also he's an elf he's he's got skills that these people don't possess like i don't think he's scared for himself i think he is i, I guess like like that, like what do you do? I think that's what he's thinking. Is like there's literally no way out of the situation. But he even says like it's like you could like they're afraid. You could see it in their eyes, and like right. that makes everybody stop. Yeah, because like I don't know if he's angry at the situation they're in or like is he angry he, at Denethor? Angry, uh, angry at like Theoden Not or Denethor, Aragorn? Yeah. I know who he meant. Yeah, um, I know who he meant. Um, but just like I don't know where he's like. These just I don't know if he's just like saying they should just die. They should just give up. I don't I don't know what he's going for, but there's there's that funny meme where he's like, you know, they're talking in Elvish so no one can understand them, and then Aragorn goes, Then I will die as one of them. And then they cut to the and then it's like all the other men in Rohan, like the Iris Elba hot ones. Everyone's like, wait, what? What what was the rest of that conversation? (laughs) Like, fill in the blank. Like, what are they talking about? Like, is he threatening us? Like, (laughs) but it's just. I think that's why they do stop when Legolas talks because he doesn't really talk that much. And then gets everything. He does not talk. He doesn't say that. No. And so I, I really would love to have, like, just a full. Like, if Alex can ever come back, just, like, a full just deep dive on this one conversation. Because this is one of the few times that, like, Legolas gets dark. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's, like, if he's feeling the despair of, like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm an immortal being and I could have sailed off to the west by now. And I'm stuck in this 
stone hole about to fight a hopeless battle uh, or so I don't know because you know maybe he less... is a teenager that you know yeah a, a young kid that's never experienced battle and this is the first battle he's gonna experience and his dad and all of his kinfolk have done all these amazing feats and he won't be able to or something or like you know the first time oh I've been a I've been a homeschool kid and the first time I leave home I'm gonna die like I don't know like what the um, I'd really love to talk about that more I know we have a lot more to cover but it's just like it is such an interesting thing to think about where it's like what is he feeling in this moment right here what's well, an impactful scene I think you're right that it deserves like a larger unpacking and the, the last little bit I'll say is he's let's th- let's take into consideration like why has he stayed on in in this fight it is for Aragorn and it is to pre- it is for Aragorn and Gimli yeah and so he basically has taken up the helm that Aragorn has decided to which is like oh, we're gonna fight for men so I think what he's seeing is the hopelessness for men in this moment and that is yeah. enough to drive anybody to like despair um because later up later on he comes up to Aragorn saying I'm sorry that I succumbed to uh not succumbed but I like, gave in to despair I was wrong to despair yeah yeah I was wrong to despair well and, and and I don't think he was wrong to despair I think it was wrong how he displayed it like yeah. that was not the time right um and then you know we see Aragorn trying to like come to terms with this despair because it's it's true every this is bad the situation that they're heading toward is bad it's not like legolas is wrong you know no um he basically does they have some like po- 15 actual soldiers yeah they, these people these people have no not a chance yeah. in hell um i do think it's funny that aragorn full-on displays his sword skills in front of this teenager with like less than a foot between them yeah <laughs> he's like give me your also sword. this kid is dead <laughs> yeah yeah like they they don't touch on this they really skate by that like especially you know when legolas and gimli are talking about their numbers later on um and like they're doing it like in the courtyard where you know like you see the stairs where he skateboarded down mm-hmm. like all there they don't show them there are a ton of elf dead bodies around there yeah there are a lot there are 500 elves showed up, not a single one survives. Right. Because there are 501 elves total, and Legolas is the only one that lives. <laughs> um, and Jeez. they really skate over that. All the old men and farmers and blacksmiths and horsemen died. Yeah. Like, the only people that survive are, like, the soldiers that were already soldiers, basically. It's, like, our triplets, Theoden, uh, Gambling, and, like, the two random dudes that go tell the women and children in the caves to, to, to start evacuating. Like, you back. See, yeah. <laughs> like those are the only people that survived the battle. And wow. like, they really skate over that. And I don't know, maybe they should have shown Aragorn, like given, uh, Halif son of Hama, a good old shoulder pat at the end of the battle or something like that. Like someone survived, <laughs> like one of but these kids. They that are threw rocks. All, Cause I remember watching this in the theater and, you know, we'll, we'll rewind and stuff. Like, it's just the battle. But it's, like, where oh, they've broken through the gate. And there's that big overhead shot and them, like, kind of clashing in the courtyard rocks. and stuff like that. And then yeah. it cuts back to the the Entmoot. And then it cuts back to the battle. And the courtyard is just, wi- like, Decimated. storming flags. And, like, they're – but it was weird because, like, there's no bodies anywhere. And so I was, like – so I remember being, like, oh, wait, what happened? Like, they lost – like, there's – there's no dead bodies. Is everyone here? And then they showed the the throne room. I'm like, 
It's like five people in here. What the heck? Did they all get eaten? Like, what is going on? Like, oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I remember like the first time I watched it, I was like, wait, they don't even show them losing that. Like, by the way, one of the hardest levels in Two Towers video game is oh. this. Like the it's the final level, and it is just go YouTube it, everybody. Where Two Towers final battle, and it's like this weird angle where you're running around the whole courtyard dealing with cave trolls urukai goblins with shields everything and then you got to go up the stairs to help save uh somebody else and you got to come back down meanwhile they're all beaten on the like you have to protect the gate and they're all beaten on the gate and oh my god it's the most it took me like 20 tries to beat it was so stressful and how was like the graphics at that time? It, they're PS2 graphics. They don't hold up great, but like the the battle like, mechanics, the mechanics are still fun. Work yeah, and stuff. Wow, I, yeah. I kind of find that hard to believe. That's amazing. Yeah, for a twenty year old game, like it it plays pretty well. Like it's yeah. still like PS2 graphics, but they're not like how did you know you hold it? You play Goldeneye now. You're like, how did we ever do this? I was just gonna say, there's not a single N64 game that I could go back and play with joy because I can do Mario Kart. I can still do Mario Kart because that one's just like you can race with it with one stick. But oh. other than, like I remember tried trying to play Goldeneye. I was like, oh my gosh, like how how did I do this? I oh. was so good at it, and I moving I don't cameras know how. and all that, and like yeah. the worst position. Yeah. So I, I but I think you're right. Like so that's I think the PS. The PlayStation, like, controller kind of had some stuff yeah. figured out earlier. Um, yeah. So, then we get the elves coming to Helm's Deep uh, after Legolas comes to and realizes the error of his ways. And and it is, it is a beautiful moment. We needed a little glimmer of hope. It does mm-hmm. bolster the audience. Whether it's in the book or not, it actually doesn't quite matter. And it's kind of nice to know... I mean, Haldir's cool and, like, say, you know what? We're here for you guys. It's really beautiful. So this is the moment that I'm talking about that really <laughs> – it's just a quick moment. But up comes the elves. They, they're they all in uniform. They're, oh, you know, they're so cool. It looks so beautiful. They, you know, hit their bows on the ground and then face Theoden. And Haldir says, we will fight alongside men again to Theoden. And Legolas is behind Haldir literally voguing like a model. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yes. It is incredible. He's like, I told you mm. elves were great. <laughs> it is amazing. I <laughs> love it. Literally I smiling. Love it. You have to go back and watch it. I, it's like, I didn't welcome have... to the team, baby. He's, no, he's behind Haldir and he's like, it's like he's like stunting for Theoden. Like, see, we're really cool. We're really cool. <laughs> It's incredible. Uh, so go back and watch that moment. I think I cannot wait to rewatch it. Please. So we get to them all waiting. We get that wonderful find me a box moment. It starts raining. One arrow is loosed by an old geezer, and the battle has begun. What a shot, though. <laughs> I know. That's like literally... from the rampart all the way up. And it finds him in between the the neck right there. That's like, how Legolas knows where the the armor's weak. I think that's how he knew. No, he says it before when they're no, all stomping. No, it's after. It's 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 before. It's after. I will bet you money. I will bet you five bucks. You're right. 
I know. Five bucks. Okay, great. Awesome. This is a great time to take a break. Let's talk about. I know. Woo! I will so, be Venmoing Jess one penny at a time <laughs> for the next five hundred days. Perfect. Um, let 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 me do a commercial for the glittering Ooh. caves. Yes. Um, will you do background music for me or something? Yes. Okay, great. Come to the glittering caves. You think you've seen some beautiful mountains before? Come under our skirts and we'll show you some stalactites and stalagmites. We protect women and children and old men like nobody's business. Gimli loves us. Show your friend a good time in the glittering caves. (laughs) Good lord. (laughs) We'll see you in a minute. took the time to visit the glittering caves um you know i think you and i talked about this a little bit about like spelunking not being like maybe the thing i want to do i don't like ending up in like narrow caves i don't want to like explore parts of caves i've never been but i could be in an open one like that That if i've got gimli with me for sure (laughs) sure um, I was in a pretty cool cave system, the Crystal Caves up in Oregon. It was pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, and it was, and you know, it's a tour. It wasn't like we're gonna die because you know we're exploring yeah. parts of a cave that haven't been. Anyway, it caves be pretty cool. I understand where Gimli's coming from. All right, so the one arrow caused the entire war. How do you think that guy feels? <laughs> feels great. He they got his one kill. You know, he missed every other shot after that too he's dead too for sure he is dead yeah he's, he's absolutely dead he's dead uh they they uh do a trebuchet i think right and they have no uh no eye guy again like talking about how great um it was a perfect extra just him yelling fire perfect like Big old that guy went to casting like it's kind of like what you were talking about the prancing pony, all like the scary drinking dudes. Like this guy with no eye, amazing. Oh yeah, it's like uh like John Carpenter in the thing. Um, if you guys have ever watched the thing, the surgery scene, um, where you know the the, time. the famous scene where he's about to defibrillate and then uh-huh. the whole stomach opens up and chomps his hands. Oh, and like it's a wide shot, so they put a guy with no arms, like or you know, just up to his elbows, no hands basically. They just hired a guy and put him like in a in a prosthetic just for that one scene, just to like do the painful scream waving his arms uh scene. Oh big blue Genius. in the back. Yeah, <laughs> big we got blue a in big, the back. We got big a big chunkers. boy. He wants big some boy. food. Oh Lord, he coming. <laughs> oh, he is a, he's lost a little bit of weight, but not that much. He is definitely an all loud he coming cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big boy. Oh all loud he going. He's gonna oh, wait. Goodbye, Blue. Wait. Oh he jumped up on a chair. He's a big boy. Okay. Uh, so but yeah, good. it is just like a great like Peter Jackson's like, I need a guy with one eye and a big beard, and I'm gonna have one zoom close up of him yelling fire, and then that's it. And they're going right into a socket. You're going to get a day rate. You're going to get 150 bucks, but you are going to be immortalized forever on screen. It's so true. Take it. Absolutely. It's wonderful. Um, Okay. So I feel badly that I feel this way, but maybe you can relate. I feel sadder when the elves are killed than anybody else in oh, this battle. Oh, it's, it's, you shouldn't feel bad about that at all. Uh, okay, because... 
What because, is like that? I said, like, could you imagine, like, you're packing your things for the ship and you're like, hey, the, the draft is back on. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I gotta go where? <laughs> like, you're just about to turn 20 and you can't get drafted anymore and, or whatever just, the age is. Like, no, it's absolutely true that it's just like, I'm so glad Haldir and these 500 elves are here, but just. They were about to leave, and yeah, yeah, they get to live their immortal lives on the plane of existence and whatever, but you know Maybe what? Maybe come back, who knows? It would have been nice to just not get cleaved to death uh, by a 6-6 six, six orc. It, it, it is more impactful. I think that's, that's where, like, Steve... The Steve Jackson. Uh, that's where Peter Jackson, like, fudge. I don't know. The, isn't he the, the old coach for the Steve Lakers? Steve Jobs for a second. <laughs> no. Wasn't Steve Jackson the old coach for the Lakers? Uh, yes. That, wasn't, yes. Okay. No. No. Uh, wait. Steve what's Jackson. No, it's Mark Jackson. Mark. It's, it's Steve. Steve what's his Jackson name? Cover? I don't know. Let me. I'm going to Google Steve Jackson. Steve <laughs> See what Jackson. the first result is. Steve Jackson, American game designer. Okay. Uh, definitely not him. No. Uh, Steve Jackson. Steven Jackson. Oh, he was, he was a running back for the Rams. Steven Jackson. Okay. Also, not, I mean, maybe he was one of the Urukai, but. Uh, Lakers coach. Uh, you're thinking of. Uh, what's it? Dude I should coach, know this, too. I don't should. know how coach I don't Jackson, know. Jackson, Lakers. His last name was Phil Jackson. Jackson. Phil. I can't believe I had to Google that. That's so embarrassing. No, it, it, he hasn't been the coach for a little bit, right? So it's yeah, fine. but he's like he coached Michael Jordan and Kobe, like I, <laughs> iconic, one hundred percent. So I'm glad that I'm not the only one that feels like just a little extra sad. Like the the elves gave us hope, and like it's not even their fight, and they're all gone now. There's something they're really all gone, and there's just something like, really tough about that. And there's so many moments in this fight too. It's like one, I love the like you know you see them on the on the wall and they start firing and like a few orcs drop and then you see the men from the rampart firing and a few more orcs drop and then you mean the drop. big reveal of them all in the courtyard and Aragorn like you know throws his sword over in the fire yeah. and then like they just start dropping but then it is such a good thing that I love the swords like you know like all of them whipping out their swords all at it's once it's amazing it's amazing when the it's ladders so cool. finally hit and like yeah. swords oh. so great and then, but like you see the the those big old berserker. They're called berserkers in the in the game. That's why I call them that. Oh, you mean the, the white faced? Oh, yeah. oh, oh, the the white faced orcs. Like when they get up there with their big old like long long swords, yes. and they just like wipe out a bunch of them. And you're like, oh, the like we we haven't gotten much. You know, we got those urukai and fellowship, um, but like you see like that. These are no n nothing to be messed with orcs. Yeah. And this, I'm, I'm talking about it again. There is no way in hell Legolas blows a 19 to 2 lead. I'm sorry. <laughs> it doesn't happen. This is liberal propaganda. I'm, this is fake news. 19 to 2? Okay, we do see Gimli take down... I mean, he's probably counting them before they're dead. But, like, once they do hit the rampart, he's like, next, next, next. But you're telling me, maybe, maybe Gimli, maybe Legolas only had 20 arrows or 40 arrows. But and you maybe see him whip out the daggers. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, 
But so like to that end, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but when they bring those steel ladders with the hooks that they shoot with the, the those giant crossbows or whatever, yeah. tell me how it doesn't count as a hundred dead orcs when Speak in my language, baby. When Legolas shoots the rope off. Shoots the, air, shoots the ladder down, and at least, I'll say. 50. At 50 least, at least. At, like, that's the low number. They are. There's exist 50 in the dirt on the now. ladder, let alone the number that it crushes. Correct. Because, like, all the, all the orc homies are like, this is my ticket. Let's go. Yeah. And they're grasping onto these ladders. You're no, telling like, me I'm that sorry. doesn't count to his count? 42 you 40. start the the first 30 seconds of the battle you get to 20 and then you only cap off with 22 more we saw no what he did in way. the hobbit we saw it there's 22 people on the ladder <laughs> let alone the rest of the battle like we see him kill at least three more on the skateboard on the way down the right, stairs right or four more because he shoots three arrows and then shields the last dude right and then he whips out his daggers, and I think he kills two on screen. And then he kills the ladder, which apparently we're counting as one. I don't know. <laughs> and a then when the, when the gate finally breaks and, like, it's the last courtyard scene, he shoots, like, four arrows into the crowd. And I'm just like, there's no way he loses this, this, this battle. There's so no way. are you calling Gimli a liar? Or I don't is, because Legolas is forty two. I don't know, man. This is insane to me. No, I, well, first of all, in general, the ladder not being counted is just a sin. It should it should be counted. It's wrong. Like, yeah, he killed those orcs, and I know we're talking about indiscriminate killing of an orc. Just join us for the journey, please. But I think maybe Gimli's lying. If you're saying he blew a lead, I don't think Gimli's lying because like he's up there and like when he's going back and forth on the ladder, he's right. in the twenties. Oh yeah, and he's then, killing it for sure. And then you know they have the courtyard fight, and then him and Aragorn probably put up some hard numbers when he gets tossed too. Like he's out there for a minute. <laughs> you're talking about the best scene in this entire movie. Yeah, I'm afraid you're gonna have to toss me. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about that scene too that's so delightful is Aragorn knows he's teeing him up to like, well, you're not gonna be able to get over there, man. Yeah, like, it's a long way. It's a <laughs> like long the way he says that, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like dwarf. You know, he's like, ah, you. There's only one way you're gonna get over there, bro. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, it, yeah. It's just so much. But there, it, the battle is portrayed so well because, like, things are going okay yeah. before the wall falls. Like, they win if the wall doesn't fall. And then it's such a good scene of, well, like, you see them, like, sneaking up, like, with the the things over there, like, the, oh, the battering ram. You mean when Theoden's like, it, we're winning. This is going to be, is, is, is this all you've jinx, got? What a man. You don't comment on a perfect <laughs> game, Theoden. <laughs> You don't yeah. talk about something when it's happening. It is. It is. Is this awful. all you can conjure, Saruman, uh, narrator? And in fact, it wasn't it all wasn't, Saruman. It wasn't. <laughs> it was a really bad day for Theoden. Really not. He also like he like KO'd on like just getting his arm like pulled a little too hard when he was at the gate. By the way, like he it, got that's, stabbed. He did. It didn't stab him. I think it hit his chest. And then, like, they, like one of the orcs pulls his arm, and then he's like, oh, that's a little too much. <laughs> no, he gets stabbed in the okay, shoulder. Forget he, it. He does get stabbed in the shoulder. Okay. So, but, like, but you're yeah. so right. They sneak into the little water well that 
Grim Grima Wormtongue was talking about and sneak in the bomb, and then you get the Olympic torch run. <laughs> you do. Dun 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 dun. Yeah. But you highlighted this a little bit earlier. It, if you're seeing fire that looks that color and burning that bright in the rain and you're Aragorn, you're scared. That's that's the thing is that Aragorn doesn't know what's going on. He's just like, you need to die. I don't know what he's running for. Kill him. Yeah. Like, and the fact that Legolas, man, how does Legolas feel that he choked these shots? Like He choked a couple things and this is like probably the most important one. Yeah, like a he, lot. You know he, what? He hits the target, but these got to be headshots, man. You can't be going for shoulders here. Here's what it is, Ben. This is what it is. Every life that they cause to lose on their side gets de- like detracted from their orc win. So basically, Legolas caused like a hundred deaths right there. More and, than that, and so it counts against his orc count. I get, yeah, that makes sense then. Then that's got to be it, right? Like, okay, yeah, yeah you might have killed 100 on the, the ladder, but that's only because you killed 100 by not killing that one orc. Like, and can you imagine seeing an explosion? Like, it's, can you imagine seeing an explosion for the first time and not knowing what an explosion is? Thayden's face thing says like, it all, honestly. It, it, like, it's, it's something, and I, I've thought about this before, but, like, really watching this is last time, like, you know, when you're, watching something to take notes Mm -hmm. uh you're just like they don't they don't even know the word explosion let alone what it is they might know some stuff because of wizards there's some they also like probably know some type of explosion with blacksmithing you know when like hot water hits like molten steel i'm sure there's like some things like that that like could cause a fire i'm just saying like it's not unheard of but in this context and on that scale unlikely that they they have no idea what's going on i'm just saying yeah. like let's just be fair we i'm sure a, a, a wizard can send a lightning bolt we know what fireworks are in this world or whatever i guess fireworks yeah you're right fireworks do exist but it's just like but something what's like happening this so destructive never has happened like before. the wall has never fallen the walls, like, in it's one thing to be like, oh, the wall's never fallen where, like, no one's breached the, the Hornburg or whatever. Let alone the wall has disintegrated before your very eyes. And very it's disheartening. Like, it's very disheartening for one thing. And then there, like, Gimli, this is Gimli's biggest ding, is that the explosion happens and, you know, it's all saving Private Ryan. You know, like, the, the, the hearing goes out yeah, and the yeah, orcs yeah. start charging. Aragorn's laying in the in the water right there. I'm sorry though, Gimli, you panicked and you threw because you jumping off the wall and you know, like taking one orc down and they immediately getting like just punched. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> we love you, Gimli. But just like if he hadn't done that, there's 200 elven archers behind Aragorn. They could have stayed. A hundred meters away and just shot all of you. You each of them fired 10 arrows. That's like 2000. Right. Sure. Maybe 1500 because, you know, some arrows might hit the same mark. But instead to save Gimli, Aragorn calls a full on charge, which is the worst. 
Wow. Right into a sea of pikes where they're constantly being outnumbered more and more. Like, oh yeah, they're going to win. They're going to win a majority of the fights, but for every one orc that falls, four take its place. And so that's that's like my biggest like strategy thing that I I'm like, oh my god, Gimli, if you hadn't jumped off the rampart right there, if you hadn't jumped off the wall, like I don't know if we would have won the fight, but their numbers would have been severely lessened and maybe some elves make it out. But instead wow. we have to do this like suicide charge into their numbers and just by sheer math, we're eventually going to lose this fight. Whoa, I didn't even catch that because all I wrote was like, look at Gimli jumping 50 feet in the air. <laughs> yeah, and like even Aragorn says, Gimli, like no, or like yeah. something. And then, yeah, it's 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 my biggest thing of this fight. Although like, you I can... understand Gimli's uh, Yeah, I'm not going to fault Gimli for trying to save his friend. But y- y- if you would have taken one second and realized that Aragorn wasn't really in danger. He would have been fine. I think yeah. that's exactly right. Like, Gimli, hey, calm down a little bit. <laughs> it's, yeah. all, it's all going to be fine. Because they do fire a volley right by Aragorn and kill all the orcs. Wow. Wow. Well, basically, Haldir's dead because of Gimli. How do you feel about that? Bro, Haldir's death is so tough, even after all these years. It, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't get easier. He doesn't even get, like, a moment of, like... Say goodbye to my beautiful Galadriel. He's just dead by the time He's Aragorn just gets to gone. him. Yeah. And and it's I was trying to watch that moment. Like, was there any hope for him? Because at this point they're telling everyone to retreat, right? Like they drag Gimli off. They're trying to go back. Um, Haldir just was wrong place, wrong type. Yeah, he he didn't realize how overrun they were on the walls right, before right. it happened. Like, I don't I don't think he would have made it out anyways, but he he was in a tough position for sure, and yeah, and just like it, everything just starts going wrong very fast. Do you think Theoden going to the gate was like the time for him to enter the battle? Was that like the like? I think so. Just he they needed the hey he's fighting too. Like I see, because it it's not looking good, right? It's like, not looking good. They need some kind of moral boost, morale right, boost, right? Uh, to like try and save the day because the gate, the wall is breached. <laughs> He's a big boy. Oh, he is so big. He's showing off for you right he now. He is. I love it. <laughs> oh, he's got the zooms. Look at him. <laughs> That's not going to end well for that little Christmas tree. We're Alex and I are in the middle of um, since it's our first Christmas together. We're yeah. in the middle of. Figuring out, like, okay, do we, do we want a real tree? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys heard all that. Oh, yeah, there it goes. There it goes. Uh, but we have, like, new Christmas lights and all that stuff, so we're, we're sort of in the middle of of making Christmas happen for ourselves. Me yeah. um, too. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, at first I wrote Thayden going down to the gate is dumb, but, like, they are getting back. They're coming back to hopelessness, and they have yes. to figure it out. So another thing I think I talked about just briefly, but – um, you know how Aragorn and Gimli slide out the side trying to get them some more time to um, bolster the gate. I love all of the details of Helm's Deep where, you know, when once the orcs approach the gate, there's those extra hatches where people mm-hmm. can throw. Like, it's just a really great design um, on to to show the different ways you can protect a castle. Yeah, or... and, and it shows like how organized and lethal the Urkai are and like you see why like this this fortress has never fallen cuz like it's got a solid like 40 foot wall 
yes. uh, for all of it, and then a tiny little ramp that what, what were they like three by three on they or were something four, like that, four. four by four. And so it's like they have to slowly move up there with like the shields above them while they're getting shot in the side, uh, and like their numbers are falling. Like they, it's just pure numbers. They're just overrunning them, and they can't keep up. And like the gate itself, you know, it's it's the same with Ministeria. That's the weakest part of the wall, but it holds up to quite a beating. It Maybe does. they could have it reinforced totally it a little bit more, but I don't think they anticipated like this. They really underestimated like Theoden definitely underestimated the the Urukai for sure. Yeah, by trying to, you know, keep people's spirits high. Because also we I think we did we just gloss over the scene where he's getting dressed by Hamling. Um where he's like basically like Theoden's suiting up for his death, you know. Yes. Um I, I think at a certain point you're like, ah, screw it. I don't know what we can do. But I, don't, I think you don't think they get that far either. And probably those guys, the Urukai, get that far because they were able to distract on one side with the blowing up of the wall. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, because like right when the wall falls, that's when the, like, the battering ram gets revealed. Exactly. So I think you're, they're fighting a war on two fronts when they really only have one front, and that yeah. does distract them. Um Let's, we go back to the Entmoot for a moment, and basically the Ents decide that this is not the time, this is not their war, and poor Mary is just crestfallen. And they tell, I think this is where they tell the, um, the you guys should just go back home. Yeah, go back to it. your homes. Yeah. And dude, we don't know how yet, but Pippin is actually using his brain. And yeah, but, like, he, you can't, like, skip over, like, the tough, like, Mary has been, like, sugarcoating Pippin his entire life. And, Pip, like, I think Mary's oh. a little bit tired of it. He's like, you don't get what's happening here. Like, this isn't some contained event that will not affect us. Like, yeah... Oh, well, we have the Shire. Cool, dude. The Shire will not be there anymore. Like, God, you're so right. Him not coddling Pippin in this moment is what changes him. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's hard to watch Mary be without hope, too. Again, it goes back to just the overall themes of despair and hope. But the realness and being too tired to, to put on a good face for Pippin is what changes him. That's so yeah. insightful, Ben. It's it's about time, uh, like, and this does like inspire Pippin to like, and he does come up with this plan of be like, oh no, let's go south. We'll sneak by Isengard. We're we're too small to be thing. And he's like, oh, Which that doesn't really make cute. sense. But... And even Mary's like, what are you talking about, bro? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a good i it's a good idea, and it it does allow for Pippin to be a little bit more mature. I don't know if it makes up for all his dings. I think we're at eight with him right now, but I can put no. him back to seven. I think, yeah, it's what? fair. You can go back to seven. But, like, how does Treebeard – I realize the forest is huge, but how does Treebeard not realize what's happening in his own place? Or, like, that no, no end no, realize? Well, like, it doesn't travel. So I think – I was thinking about this, too, right? Like, A, Saruman was friends with these Ents and would walk among them and talk to them. And so it's a huge betrayal on Saruman's part. Yes. So that does mean – that up until a point, somewhat recently, he was talking to these ends. So it's not like they were dormant. And so you're telling me the trees just let Saruman do this? 
I, I, because is it in the book? Like, don't they decide at the end moot they're going to Isengard? Like, I, I, I feel so. like in the book, like Treebeard knows what's going on, and there's like, more information at yeah, the end. Yeah, like we're going to Isengard to, you know, spin the block here, and we're gonna get it done. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm okay with this reveal because it is really well done, and just like the pain in John Reese Davies' voice is so good. Yes. And just like like most of these trees, I knew since they were like you know nut and acorn, like that it is a painful thing to say because that's hundreds of years. Oh, it's long. It's longer than that. Yeah, I mean, it, at least in these forests, right? Um, it it works for the vi- movie language of it all. It absolutely for sure. does. But then, yes, when you're doing something like what you and I are doing right now and analyzing it, it's a little bit like. You would have known about this. Like, all yeah, those yeah. guys came from the Entmoot, and, like, they didn't come from the south yeah, part of Bangorn. Yeah, someone would have Like, yeah. if Treebeard doesn't know, like, something would have been brought up to HR in the meeting or something like that. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, like, hey, we got some complaints. Yeah, yeah. 100%. But I do love that they show, like, the, the trees moving towards Helm's Deep. Like, I love that. Oh, there's some tree horror in this movie. Like, oh, it's yes. unreal. Um, yeah, so I'm with you. It felt a little weird to me let's go then he does one roar he gets them all it's the last march of the ents and it's very cool um we get to Askilioth with Farmir again like this is awful (laughs) just Askilioth is under siege again um in the book we don't see this this does happen but and I believe Farmir is there. After Farmir and Frodo and Sam part, this is where Farmir heads. Yes. Are you Team Faramir or Faramir? How do you say it? I like Faramir. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I think I said Gandalf wrong. So. Well, I know. Sure. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I, I think I've uh, gone on both sides of the coin. Um, let's see. We get. To, yeah. So we get to Osgiliath, and then the Nazgul shows up, and we see Frodo is gone, bro. Like. Yo. Oh, yeah. He Frodo's he is, your friend. Uh, you 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 call an Uber for it at two a.m. and he's like, "They've come." Okay, buddy, you're cut off. Uh, let's pay your tab and uh, get you on home. It sounds like my birthday a few years ago. The, my last birthday before the pandemic, I went to a different bar. Oh wow! <laughs> on, I, I think it was I like on Hyperion or something, and then woke up the next morning going, "God, why does my side hurt?" I fell. Before oh, I got into did. the Uber. Of course you did. <laughs> and I put, I was at like Pub House or something like that. And a public school, not public school, but pub, like Hyperion Public. That's where I was. That was the bar that we didn't start at. I was at yeah. Friends and went to Hyperion Public. Put in the mason jar of sunflowers in my bag. Because <laughs> I love stealing things when I'm drunk, but like insignificant <laughs> things. I was at Comic-Con one year and we were walking out one of like the nerdest like gigs or g- parties. And there was a pair of scissors sitting on the bar. And guess what I did? I still have those scissors. Love it. <laughs> it like it's inconsequential, <laughs> but like I could take it. No one saw me. So there we yeah. go. Now you know something about me. Um, yeah, 100%. You need to call Frodo a cab in this moment. The Nazgul show up. And then we go, we cut back to Theoden, who's now in team despair, for sure. But I do I do love, like, seeing, because, like, we've seen the Nazgul, you know, be on horses and everything and, like, oh, fright, yes. you know, a few farmers or anything. We have not seen the mass hysteria that a, a single Nazgul can cause on the battlefield. 
Well, and it reminded me, too, because it wasn't until this year when we did the series on the Hobbit films, I had never seen them. It reminded me of, uh, what's his, the, the, the dragon from the Hobbit. Movie. Oh, Smaug? Like, Smaug. It reminded me of like how Smaug, we get revealed Smaug when he goes over Lake Town. Yeah. And I just kind of had some similarities there. But you're totally right. Like if you saw this in the sky with like a winged beast that has tears in its own flesh in the wing part, it's insane. Horrifying. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The Nazgul sort of returns to its fearsome, not nerfed state in this battle for sure. Yes. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, so yeah, we cut back to Theoden. So much death. Uh, Aragorn gets the idea when the sun comes out that it's time to ride out. And you know what? It's the right idea. What better way to amass the troops in this way? And and again, it's like, oh, what can men do against so much hate? It's like, bro, nut up here, yeah, man. Yeah. Totally. Like Theoden, book Theoden is about it. Be book Theoden. Yeah. It I mean, in a movie you gotta have some up and downs emotionally for sure, but it's like sucks because he's the king. You yeah. know? Like have other people around you despairing or something. Like that's why it's so impactful when Legolas is like, they have no hope, they're all gonna die. Cause like Aragorn never I don't know, I guess that's just I guess it's just one more opportunity to reflect to the audience why Aragorn's going to be such a wonderful leader. Because you're, you're, we yeah. just get to see the different styles of leadership out here. Thaden's not bad, but he just loses hope really quickly. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, I think Gimli is stoked to blow the horn here. He is yes, just absolutely like blowing yes. on it for a full <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> it is incredible. So I, I want to ask you once, you know, that, you know, uh, Hamling and Theoden and Aragorn and I guess Legolas, right? All run down the the entrance and knock off all the orcs. Um, it it what? How does the Rohirrim showing up and Gandalf showing up to the east stack up in terms of like the best moments of the all? Oh, movies? it's so good. One, it is a great little like movie mistake if you watch the movie as many times as I have to watch the like when they're going down the ramp. Uh-huh. If you watch the guys in the back. They're like swinging their swords at nothing. They're just like swinging because like the CGI doesn't match up. But it's just, uh, it's just a, a dumb it's nitpick fine. that's just fun it's to fun. watch. That's um, amazing. Uh, but or man. they're just so excited, Ben. They're like, yay, let's go yeah. to battle. Yay, <laughs> we're all gonna die. <laughs> um, but it's it's so good when he's like the king stands alone, and then you hear and you see Aomar right up, not alone, oh. and then you see the rest of the Rohirrim like. The control these men have on horseback where they just, like, sprint up and, like, skid to a stop. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. And then, you know, to give Urkai their credit, like, they're they're ready. They don't yeah. even hesitate. They're like, okay, pike line, let's go. Yeah. And we've seen, like, that the pike line, you know, it got rid of the elves. Like, we've seen it do damage before, so it's a great representative. And they're like, yo, come on, come on. And the last second, Gandalf, like, brightens the sun and... There's a perfect shot of like one guy jumping over the pike line and then beheading one orc. Like there's a perfect like sing. It's so good. It works so well. I mean, you can't tell me that a horse doesn't get hit by one of those pikes for sure. We got another cat boy coming up. Yeah, He's really hungry. Um, I normally have a chair next to me for him too, and he doesn't have that. Um, 
I, I, I mean, I, I, it's horrifying because horses can't run into that and not get hit also. But I think that's the point of like the Gandalf. Cause I think if it wasn't for the, you know, his magic sun brightening Blinding spell, them. they, they wow. got blinded. So they, they couldn't see. And so like, I think all the horses honestly made it through like maybe in the fray, I'm sure some people died, but I think like that original onslaught would have, have been, they weren't trained on the horses. Yeah. Cause literally I think in the Lord of the Rings, like strategy game, like the command and conquer battle for middle earth, I think it's called, um, that's how you stop. Like if you have cavalry, you can just run over people, but that's how you stop them is you have to you have to create pikemen. And that's oh, how you stop cavalry. Oh my, my god, you're a big boy. <laughs> it's your biggest boy. <laughs> he's so big and he's so cold. Um well that makes sense because I, I, I underestimate the blindingness that those orcs are going through. They also can withstand the sun, but anybody getting that bright shot of sun and light and wizard light in their eyes it's not gonna go well it's, it's not gonna go well but it still is like kind of brave and amazing oh let's, for sure let's see we get to the ents making swift work of isengard they're releasing the river it's beautiful it's so awesome and alex this is when like alex joined me um and watched the the back half of the movie with me and and you know this is why it holds up your so well. cat is so big he's like a sound dampener by the way <laughs> is he really <laughs> <laughs> your mic got quieter when you put him by your chin. He's no. like, he's like, <laughs> he's better than like wall pads. You just like put your cat next to you when you. When I'm gonna you... have to do that. Like, so hey, funny. I gotta record a voiceover audition. Come here, blue. Come here, blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I'm also just trying to make it work with him right now. Um, but the the thing that keeps the movie. That's so good. But then an added challenge is water. They do miniatures, which is why a lot of it works. Some of the mm-hmm. CGI is just not going to hold up, you know? No, that that is like the one time like it really doesn't hold up is like all the orcs on the ground like doesn't yeah, look great. But I'm fine with it. And, and it's fine. But then once the river like starts cascading through the pits of Isengard and knocks down all like the, you know, the structures and everything. Correct. Yeah. That's miniatures, and that's why it does work. However, what I was going to point out is just when you're working with miniatures, it's so hard to make water on that scale look realistic, mm-hmm. and they really succeed. It looks so good. It really does, because you can usually tell when miniatures are being used based on the size of water. Yeah. Um, and they they make it look like it is a gargantuan experience happening. And it's so great, because like, you see one... Uh, and get pulled down, like started getting axed, and then Treebeard rolls a stone and knocks all the orcs off. You see one uh, ant, like you know, get lit on fire with fire arrows, oh, so and, then you, and then you see him run into the <laughs> run into the water and get put out. And you're like, yay! Like, he's okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's so good. Like it's so good. Where you're like, oh, that guy made it. Oh, I'm so happy. And like you've s- never seen this end before. He doesn't have any lines, but you're like, no, no, he's no. Like they're losing one, and then you see him run to the the fire. Like yeah. <laughs> it would it would be as if like one of the elves like like flew away before getting shot by yeah, an arrow. Exactly. You'd be like. It's good, so good. good. For them. I love it. But it's so it is like so satisfying just seeing them like stomp out every Isengard orc and just like <gasps> they don't so have a satisfying. single prayer. And literally all you see is Christopher Lee going, What? 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 And like yeah. if you're only watching the the theatrical version, this is the last time you see Christopher yep. Lee. <laughs> yep. And, and it kind of works, but it's it's problematic in its own way. Uh we cut back to Osgiliath. Frodo is 
totally succumbing to the ring. He stands out in front of the Nazgul. And I believe in tandem with Faramir hearing Sam's speech, he also sees Frodo do this. Um, Cause it's kind of, I think, I think that's part Cause he's the one that shoots the arrow. Correct. Uh, to, to get rid of the Nazgul. So I think he understands to some extent the issue. Yeah. I have to give Faramir some credit, even though we are not, seeing him go through this mentally or have like a moment of coming to he's kind of going oh wow this is actually really serious the like you're talking about a nice hobbit who's now just about to willfully give over the ring you know like he's i think he's understanding the mysticism and the power behind it in this moment and then when sam literally rescues frodo frodo is so far gone he pulls sting out on sam and it's so so unfortunate um, and then you get the beautiful speech where, you know, even if you don't read the books once a year or whatever, just to read the scene between Frodo and Sam where they're talking about, are we going to be in the great stories? And Sam talking about that here, kind of coming down after being attacked by Frodo. I uh, love that. It's your Sam. It's your Sam. It's so good. I I wrote down here because he's like, by rights, we shouldn't even be here. And I wrote, by copyrights, we shouldn't even be here because they shouldn't be in Oscalia. Yeah. I I think, like, honestly, like, that might be a a little nod to, like, the book readers. Like, by rights, we shouldn't even be here. It's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be, honestly. Uh, But it's such a good speech. It's it's why Sean Sean Austin should have gotten nominated. It's Um, beautiful. It's so good. And then, you know, you're intercutting it with uh, the orcs retreating, uh, Theoden celebrating the victory at Helm's Deep. Uh, and Well, also, they make Sam so goaded. Like, they didn't need to, like, we already knew how great Sam was. And they just, like, go, don't you know what he, what the ring's done to him? And yeah. he's, like, he's, he, it's just, like, banger after banger. Do you know why like, your brother died? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> dang, bro. Right? Like, that, <laughs> that cut deep right there like that was so good oh my gosh it was crazy so yeah you're right intercutting with the victory at helms deep and i don't know like what order it goes in but um i feel like the the speech stops for like a second to show the orcs running into the trees and then getting just like mauled by them oh 100 it's in between the sam speech the tree horror tree horror and then the hobbits finding the store at isengard it's yeah because that's where you start the return of the king game like it oh. like two towers ends at the the victory at helm's deep um and then the return of the king game starts at you being gandalf and chasing uh orcs into uh like going to isengard basically and helping the ents uh break the dam yeah 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 uh you go through uh fangorn the new fangorn and you just see like ents stomping out orcs and you have to like avoid them and like kill a bunch of urukai it's crazy that's actually incredible it is awesome it is so awesome uh yeah and alex said this while we were watching it he goes like there's a reason why they in the book they only said like you you know the orcs run off into fangorn but you only hear they go you heard some crazy noises like you don't get explained what happens to them in the book it is horrible well you just see the trees start to move it's It's like jurassic park it's like the trees move and like and like the you just hear like noises and orc screams and stuff and then just cut away and i will say you know i was listening to our last episode um about like is aragorn leading aowen on like he doesn't like stop it but he doesn't like encourage it i'm sorry the first person he goes to after they've won the fight is aowen and she like 
grabs his face and like, oh my God, I can't believe you're alive and then hugs him. Like she has a reason to fall in love and yes. has a reason to think that this might work. Yeah. All, that's all I'll say. Yeah. I know Aragorn's heart never swayed. It's always belonged to Arwen, but. And he does yeah. love her. I think he loves her. He does. Her. He has love for her. And he probably is like, thinks she's hot too. A little bit. I can't, you can't not. You can't but, not. But who else needs to know that he's alive but her in this moment? And yeah, I think you're right. Like, I, I don't think Eowyn's like conjuring something from nothing. No, totally there's something right. there that that she felt. Yeah, you're totally right. Um, this is, you know, where we get Faramir being the worst and beating up Gollum again, but also like, you know, challenging him, like setting us up for, because in, in the books, in the books we get Shelob in the two yes, towers. Yes, in this book, in this But book, it's so sure. smart to, I guess they just brought Frodo and Sam to Osgiliath because he just didn't know what to do with them, which is just a shame. But like, I guess if you had to have them do anything, that works. Um, but Faramir's right because he suspects that Gollum isn't like on the up and up. But that's why you're also more correct to be like, wait, so then did Gollum really just want to set them past Shelob? Like, it's just it's just convoluted a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then you get the great moment of uh, Merry and Pippin finding the long bottom leaf and Finally, Pippin getting a lesson going, don't be too hasty. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I don't know. Like, he grabs, like, a full uncooked turkey out of the oh, slime it's water. It's cooked. It's, it's cooked. cooked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I it's don't know all if I'm eating meat. that, though. Here's the thing. I was thinking about that, too. It's not been a long time <laughs> that it's well, been. Well, yeah, like the five-second rule in Isengard. Like... <laughs> it's just been soaked in the water, and it's floating. I don't know if it would float, though. I think if it's a full-cooked, dry turkey, it's not floating. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, either. I don't know how, like, you know, desperate times are all for desperate measures. I can say that while I'm sitting in my apartment, sitting my, sipping my iced coffee, that I wouldn't eat that. But if I've been on their journey and drank grog and maybe some ent draft and that's it. Then well, I'd as he's collecting it, he doesn't know where they're heading. And then there's a literally dried yeah. turkey legs on, on the wall next to them. Dude, I would not be vegan in a second if I was in there. Oh my God, situation. no way. And I was thinking about, I was like, okay, I could find some edible meat in there for sure. So oh, like, absolutely. I get it, but it wouldn't have been floating. That was the one weird part. And it was cooked. I did look at it. It had like seasoning and on it, okay. whatever. Um, we, we get, you know, Gandalf going, the battle of Middle-earth has now begun, and it uh, it all depends on two uh, hobbits, and we get Samwise the Brave, which is so sweet, you know. It's so good. Like, we, we really needed that because Frodo's been kind of a, a D-bag this whole movie. He has been, yeah. Like, um, Siding and so, with Gollum. Yeah. Um, but and also, he only, like, he succumbing. He only gets worse. So but, coming to the ring, and I think Sam knows it, but it's yeah. just, it's he's like gaslighting Sam, you know. Yeah, but yeah, we need this, and it works. And then we have Go this, you know, where Gollum's, you know, internal uh, argument comes in. We're like, I wonder, you know, when did he c come up with this plan? When did he like right? This like solidifies the plan, but it seems like he they were already going to to Kirithungal, so I'm not sure. Yeah, but I mean, it, I think we just need to know that like. Smeagol can't be trusted. That, that I yeah. think that's all it's meant to illustrate. And it's such a good teaser for like, oh, her. Like, who who is her? Like, it is a really good teaser for, for the general audience, for sure. And then his final, like, follow me. Like, it's so evil. It's so good. He's like, this way, hobbits. This way. Follow me. It's oh, like, yeah. If I was saying, I'd be like, why'd you say that last part like that? <laughs> 
it, that's probably the first time Sam has had cause to actually distrust right, Gollum, and he on. doesn't. Okay. <laughs> and it's such a perfect, like, just slow pan up where, yeah. you know, it's how far they've come where, you know, you end fellowship with, you know, oh, it's off in the distance, but this time it is right there. Yes. It is right there, and you see the Nazgul flying around, and it's... And then we get Annie Lennox singing us over the credits, and it's beautiful. And I haunting. love it. It's it's the best. It's the best. Uh, I think that about does it for Two Towers. It, there's so much to talk about in this movie. We're heading towards the Return of the King next. Even more to talk about there. Um, Any final thoughts? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, I think the more I'm watching it with a critical eye, the more I come back to just the whole story being about hope and despair and um you know those being really two true base human experiences in general and and i think that's got to be the reason why these movies and these books and these stories have such lasting power and and it's done so well here and hell's deep man it's just such a satisfying sequence. It's it is. so wonderful. And I, I feel like watching this, and I just had this thought, I feel like Peter Jackson tried to make this as much of an Empire Strikes Back as he mm-hmm, could, mm-hmm. where they are just losing and losing, and there is no hope, and mm-hmm. the kingdoms are falling, and Gondor is weak, and Helm's Deep is weak, and Rohan, and Theoden, and just everything is going wrong until the very, very end, and you get the victory over Sam's rousing speech, and you're like, oh, we're on the up and up here. Right. There's a li- like, because you can't change the story where they lose Helm's Deep or something like that, and they have to go on the run, like in you know Empire Strikes Back, literally nothing good happens um but it's it's but as there co- are similarities you're totally yeah there right. are similarities where there is hope at the end of the story and it he does a, the changes that he made like you know we we critique them and stuff like that but i think they were the right changes for the movie um, um and I think except that, for farmer <laughs> except yeah but even then like he he made i don't he must have not had final cut because there's no way Peter Jackson made that decision to leave that out because that's sure. just insanity to me. Uh, but yeah, that's my biggest thing is that if they would have included this um, in the movie, then Two Towers is easily the best movie. But without it, I think it's still Fellowship for me. It's still my favorite. Yeah. Um, but man, it's this movie's so good and it works on every single level and just introducing more characters to an already pretty full story, pretty full roster and giving them so much life and you know like we've talked about Eowyn so much and like she really doesn't have that much screen time but she she gives so much to smut, such a small screen time that yeah. it, it's so good and interesting an entire kingdom is crazy but they do such a good job and I love this movie so much yeah i i'm with you and it's been a delight going through it and and seeing it through your eyes and uh, seeing it in different ways. And we want to thank you, the audience, for joining us on this journey. We've already got a couple of people sharing with us their wrap-up from Spotify, and we're on their top five podcast list. So Whoa, I know. let's go. That's so cool. So that is if, so cool. 
If you are also one of those people that uses Spotify to listen to us, we would so greatly appreciate if you shared that screenshot with us. You don't have to share it publicly if you don't want to, but we'd love to know that we're on your top five. Um, Also, you know, one thing I learned too, which seems silly, but if you want to listen to us using Amazon Music, you can just tell your Alexa to play Podcast of the Rings. That's one simple way you could get involved. Um, Ben and I are like weeks away from rehashing our Patreon and, you know, this show does not we don't charge you for this show but if you would buy us a cup of coffee that would be one really one way to show us appreciation um and you can get on the ground floor like i said we're gonna shift up some things but no huge great changes but if you're in a patreon uh setting for us next year you'll probably get a little bit of extras from us um you can go to patreon.com forward slash poter uh pot of the rings also i have to say this go follow ben on tiktok bro (laughs) <laughs> some good content over there literally wonderful takes haven't found one that i disagree with yet always good laughs just honest ben if you, especially if you like him in this setting that's the place to go is it is it ben goddard or the yeah ben it's just my name yeah go follow him on tiktok it's enjoyable and thank you to one of our patreon subscribers arsenal roy 2k who gets to get shouted out because Woo! he's a patreon we ma- remembered member um and join us for the next three-parter on Return of the King. It'll come out next Tuesday. Can't wait. So excited. I can't either. And until then, Ben. Mayor Paz, cross again. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.